I'm Bobby Shuttleworth, and you're listening to the Sound of the Loons podcast. afternoon or evening, depending on when this finds you. Welcome to the Sound of the Loons podcast. I'm your host, Steve McPherson. My co-host, Callum Williams, is here as well. And we are, as I believe Cal and the gaffer himself would say, properly chuffed to welcome head coach Adrian Heath to the Sound of the Loons. I'm excited to say that the start of the actual season is upon us. Preseason is all wrapped up. Team is headed to Vancouver this week for their season opener against the Whitecaps on Saturday, March 2nd at 5 p.m. Central Time. You can watch that on Fox Sports North. We're going to get into all that shortly. I wanted to start, though, by backing it up a bit and asking you, Adrian, what your offseason was like. I presume for coaches it's margaritas by the pool, relaxing, all that. Well, if you consider 36 games in 50 days, margaritas by the side of the pool, yeah, that was, <laughs> that was pretty much my offseason. I went back to uh, Europe. I was, we were scouting heavily over the, over the offseason. Um, managed to get Christmas at home with my family and my two new grandkids. So I, I saw Christmas and the New Year in, and on the second I was back here. But uh, it was hectic, but it was good to get home, um, see some friends and family. But uh, as I say, 36 games, a lot of travelling. But but that's the, the job now. You know, we mm-hmm. only have a, a certain amount of time where we can actually get a lot of work in, and we have to make the most of it. Have you adjusted to being a grandfather? Is that something you've taken to now? I know you were a little reluctant uh, when it first happened. Well, you don't expect your 22-year-old son to come come back and tell you he's gonna, you're going to be a granddad. But uh, no, the two kids are great. And obviously the, my, uh, my kids are happy, the fact that they've had the first child. And I think my wife's more pleased than I am because I know what she's like with kids. But uh, no, so far so good. And uh, the great thing is we can spoil them rotten and then give them back and let the parents deal with all the aftermath. <laughs> this is the benefit. That's <laughs> the benefit, correct. And Gaff, uh, Harrison a little closer to home now as well, just shining in Miami. Yeah, so he... Uh, he had a good little long think about it, and I think he sees his his future long term in the states. You know, we were talking about it. Actually, he's been in the states longer now than he he's been in England. So this is like home for him. So uh, it's time for Miami, and we'll see how it goes. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the preseason. We'll get into that. That's obviously just wrapped up. So, um, you know, we've we've gotten to see some of the games. We've seen heard about some of the highlights and things like that. Um, you know, obviously using a lot of different players. You're switching. Mm. You know the 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 11 that's out there at the half and things like that. Um, from, from a coach's perspective, you know, what are you looking to get out of the preseason? I presume wins and losses aren't really, aren't really where it's at. You're looking for something else. No, no, no. I think the most important thing, and I said this before the preseason started is can we lay the foundations for the season, whether that be with the ball, without the ball and in that little transition period, I think we've done a good job of that. Secondly, can we get through preseason unscathed? This has been the best preseason we've had for that. We've we've had a few little minor incidents where people have been kicked and a few swollen ankles, etc. But no real long-term injuries with pulls of hamstrings, calves, which is what you get at this time of year when you sort of put in a lot of work into the players, two a days for most of the time, and it's gone well. You know, we we've we remained unbeaten. Um, how we did in one game, I don't know, but we did defensively. <laughs> we defensively we we've looked very strong. Um, certainly the, the introduction of the players that we've brought in um, remain at right back, Ike, Jan and Ozzy in the middle of the park. And, you know, when I look at the players that we've brought in and, um, you know, we, we've been 
we've been really strong. You know, uh, Vito will be with us this week. He's had to go back to get the, the visa. But mostly, the most important thing is that we've managed to lay the foundations for what we hope will be a successful season. Well, that was in the offseason, obviously, um, there's a lot of talk about improving that that spine, improving in the central midfield. And along the back line, you know, you touched on, on those players who got added, like Jan and Ozzy and, yeah. uh, and Ike uh, and Roman. Um, it, for those guys specifically, like, have they given you what you expected? Are they are they delivering on, on what you feel More like so, you expect? You know, it's really, really early when you're trying to gel off a team. In. And as I said, just, you know, during the preseason, when you consider halfway through last year, we bought in Angelo uh, Rodriguez, we brought in Romario Ibarra, we brought in Darwin Quintero. That's like eight starters, right? Like right from the beginning of uh, from halfway through last season. So the squad's evolving. We're still not where you know I'd like it to be. I'd still like to add one or two more pieces if we could, but I think the signs are very, very encouraging. One player gap that I've really been impressed with over the last couple of preseason games was Roman Metanel. Yeah, finally looks like you have the fullback that you've always wanted. Yeah, he's you know he's been playing in league earned, so he's you know this is a quality league. You look at the amount of players that go out to that league for big money, and he's been used to playing against speed merchants because the, if there's one thing the French league is, it's really athletic yeah. in wide areas, and that was an area that I think you know we we haven't made a good job. If the opposition have had a real a real quick player, invariably they've influenced the game too much for my liking. I actually now think we've got a right back who can cope with that. He's very good at going forward. Um, he's good in both halves of the field. He's good in the air. He's physically strong. Um, puts a great ball on the run in the box. So uh, his numbers actually have been the highest we've had since we've been here for that position. And he's only been here for two or three weeks. So we think he'll be a, re a really big, uh, big plus for us moving forward. You've got some fabulous protection as well when the fullbacks do go forward. Yeah. It doesn't really get much better than Ozzy Alonso in this league. No, I think I think one of the things is that, you know, unfairly at times when people can see concede goals and we all automatically look at the back four and we look at the goalkeeper, you know, the game's changed now. It, sometimes I look at the protection in front of that back four and I certainly think with Ozzy and Jan, we've, we've got two people who have been used to that being that shield in front of a back four and being in the right spots. Ozzy's been the best number six in this league for 10 years. That is that is unquestionable. If you were to go around the league and ask people, they would, it'd be a unanimous choice. You know, obviously one or two people raised their eyebrows because of maybe they thought he was getting on or he'd had a few injuries. What people don't realise is he's played over 23 games in nearly every season he's been in the league. That's not somebody who's injury prone, yeah. you know, and, and I know the, the fitness and conditioning guy at, uh, at um, Seattle and he told me he's got no problems. There's certain days where we'll have to manage him, certainly when we're indoor and on the turf, but in general, he's come in, hasn't missed a session, been terrific. Him and Jan Gregus, I think, will make a really good tandem. So it's, um, you know, the protection in front of the back four, I think, will be a lot better this year. How did the Aussie deal come about, Gaffer? Because to my knowledge, everybody around MLS assumed that the Sounders were going to give him a deal, albeit a deal that he probably wasn't going to be happy with, but they were going to offer him something. Yeah. All of a sudden, people talk about Cincinnati is an option, and then Minnesota United pop in. So how did that come about? Well, I, I think the most important thing is that, that we have to respect the fact that every club is in a different stage of their development. And even the Sounders who've been, you know, they made the playoffs, I think, every year they've been in the, in, in the, in the league. They may be in a new cycle now and they want to change things around. And I get that. But, you know, what I think is what's theirs loss is our gain. 
because we needed somebody like Ozzy. We needed not only somebody who gets the job and understands the league, but I think Ozzy has a personality that everybody else in the in the in the league rep they 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 understand what they're coming up against week in week out when Ozzy plays. You know, I, I speak to people before. The only thing he's ever spoke about to me, and he's he's a man of few words, as you know. Mm. The only thing he once he gets around to conversation, talks about we need to get better, we need to win, we need to win. He's made the playoffs every year he's been in the league. And the first thing he said to the group, I don't expect that to change. We have got to make the playoffs. We can't have enough people like that. You know, we we are developing, we know we're still very young as a as a club. And I know people want to, you know, we've got to make the playoffs. It's not as easy as people think. No. Toronto were eight years and have had three DPs and spent fortunes in money every year. The league's getting tougher. You look at the amount of money being spent now, it's getting tougher. But one thing I do know, I'm sitting here today a lot more confident than at any stage while I've been the coach here that this group is capable of making a serious challenge for the playoffs. Uh, yeah, you've talked before about that, uh, the idea of a, a team sort of getting a belief in itself, like how, how a team comes to sort of feel that in a game where it's it's tight or it's tied or something that they can go out and get that win. Um, you know, there's been moments where the, obviously the offense has looked really sterling in the past couple of years. Um, and maybe that uh, you got a sense, maybe that could start and then it didn't really come all the way around. Do you feel like a little closer to that, having a belief in themselves through guys like Ozzy or Ike? Well, yeah. And we've, we've got more experience in the group than we've ever had. Right. You know, we, we, we've, we've got a real um, firm belief that our young players and I look at Dunlardy, I look at Toy, I look at uh, Chase Gasper now, I look at Sarni, Wyatt. We, we've got high hopes for them down the road. But they've needed, they need something to look up to. People who actually say, no, that's not good enough. People who've been the course and distance, they know what's expected. And I feel as though now, you know, we've got some great pieces at the great age. You know, Jan Grace is 27, 28. Next four years, he's going to be in his prime. They're going to be with us. You know, we, we think we've got people in, you know, Romario Abar against Orlando at the weekend show glimpses of what we know he can do. People forget he's 23 years of age. You know, Abu's 22, 23, Mason's right. 20. We have good pieces. What we what we have added is a lot of experience and people who, as I say, know the know the distance and the course and they, you know, they, they, they are ready for this challenge. Has that also helped that element of having competition for spots? That's another thing you've talked about a lot, just that you need guys fighting to be in that starting line. Well, we've, we've had games certainly on the road where, you know, can we see this game out when we win it? You know, when I look at some of the games where we've been ahead, like Colorado last year, and we can't quite see it through mm -hmm. because we haven't got enough strength and depth. And when we've had to change things, sometimes we've changed it for different reasons, but I'm not sure we've ever really influenced the team by the changes. The one thing I know that with Ethan Finley coming back and with Kevin Molino coming back, we have competition and good competition in nearly every position on the field. And I don't care which coach you, you ask. That's the best incentive for any coach. Looking along the bench and saying to somebody, here's your opportunity, go and take it. And if they do, they've got the ability to keep that shirt until they have a dip in form. And then the next guy's got, uh, time comes around. We've never had that. This time around, we will have. So this week, uh, you know, you're starting the season now. So this is sort of a regular week in the season. Uh, at this point... Is, what's your main focus with looking at the team where it is? Is it, is it tactical? Is it sort of fitness? Is it chemistry? Like what, what's really It's a little bit focus? of everything. You know, I, I think that most teams will go into the, 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 the game on Saturday and Sunday 
all thinking they're ready, but then after the game realizing we're still a little bit short. Right. Because the one thing that we, we know is no matter what we do out here Monday to Friday, no matter if it's two a days, nothing prepares you for the cut and thrust of the full 90 minutes when it starts, physically, mentally, emotionally, all them things come into play. But this week will be no different. You know, today was a regeneration day after the game Saturday. Tomorrow we will up the work. Wednesday will be a physical day. And then it's Thursday, Friday, thinking of the tactics of how we think we can exploit the way that Vancouver work. That will be the same for most weeks. Before we really get in to Vancouver, Gaff, I want to ask you it's a big question for you. How far has this team come over the last two years from when you took over in 2017 to where it is now? Oof, how long we go? Uh, <laughs> no, I, I think I've said it on numerous occasions, Cal, that, that, you know, maybe it came a little bit early for us, the, the MLS, because we certainly we weren't ready. You know, we, we had a lot of things going on and off the, on, on and off the field. But when I look at what we have now, where I look at the facilities that we've got, I look at the training facilities we've got, I look at the stadium that we're going to move into, and then I look at the team, you know, this, this squad of players and this club is uncomparable to where it was two, two years ago. You know, I still maintain that the first year for us to get 10 wins with the team and the squad that we had, I don't think we'll, we'll do many better coaching jobs than that. And last year, I felt as though we, we left maybe three wins out there. Mm. Had we got them, we would have been really close to the playoffs. So we have to improve. I'm confident that we can with the group of players that we've had. But as I've said before, this is nowhere near the finished article. We are still continually trying to grow. I want I want to add pieces this window if it's possible. Mm. And then we go again in the next window because while we're doing it, everybody else is doing it also. On to Vancouver. You may think very differently, but looking at it, from a commentary perspective anyway, I think perhaps the best way to describe them is inexplicably unknown. <laughs> They've got a lot of new pieces. Yeah. What what do you expect from them? What what have you seen over the last couple of weeks in preseason? Well, we we've we've tried to get as much footage as we can, possibly can. Ian was at the game on Saturday. You know, we've got a fair handle of the way we think they're gonna play. But, you know, they have a new coach and they they are maybe in a little bit of a transition as well. When you look at the pieces they've lost, they've lost quite a bit of experience. Kai Kamara's and Brexhays of this world. And and I, and I just think that maybe they're going a bit younger now. They, they've got a new coach and he'll want to try and embed all his ideas into them. But that will take time. And I'm sure, you know, that uh, he, he will be the first to say that they'll be ready Saturday, but are they where they, he wants them? Probably not. But we're probably in the same position as well. So it's never easy going to Vancouver. Um, you know, it's a tough place to play. They're very, they've always had a very good home record. But, you know, I'm confident that uh, we're more than capable of going there and getting a result. Do you expect them to be a similar 4-2-3-1 high press with Montella up top? I think they'll be, they'll certainly, uh, they've, they've changed it around a little bit. They've, mm. they've gone from a 4-2-3-1 to a 4-3-3. I, I, I fully expect them to do that. If they don't, that might surprise us. But, no, I think we will prepare the players as best we can with the information that we have. The most important thing is then what are we going to do about causing them problems? Because if there's one thing I do know with our group, that if we if we can stay in the game early and, and manage the onslaught that always happens on the opening day when you're away from home and then start to play our football, I think that we will create chances. Sort of a, a side note, I'm, I'm just sort of curious about with, in terms of a thing like a formation. People talk a lot about this team plays 4-2-3-1, this team plays a 4-3-3, this is how it works. Do you think sometimes... 
we rely too much on just numbers like that. Like teams could have the same formation and play very differently. There's a lot more to well, it than that. You can, there's certain ways of interpreting certain shapes, you know, right. All three, three can be a ultra high press. Sporting Kansas city at home is three high. Certain other teams drop to the halfway line and it's a four, one, four, one or right. a four, five, one, depending on the way you want to use it. The one thing I always say, and I say this to the players all the time, no matter what system you've got, if you don't want to compete, you don't want to run around, you don't want to fight, you don't want to run, you don't want to close down, you don't want to defend your box when you have to, it doesn't really make any difference what your formation is. You don't win too many games if you don't have all them little bit of components within your group. Right. And as far as you starting with against Vancouver, but then you go on to four more games on the road, that's, that's yeah. a pretty big road trip to start the season. Yeah, not ideal, but <laughs> hey, it is what it is. Let's go. Is there any sense, I was curious, is there any sense in which, you know, the team's obviously struggled on the road uh, in the past, is there any sense in which it's kind of good to get this medicine out there first thing? You know, you gotta you got to sort of earn that first game at home? Well, I think that the most important thing is that we forget what we were. Right. Let's look forward to what we are and what we can become. Um, that's something that we've spoke about. That's a different group that was conceded all them goals in year one. I've just said that, you know, since halfway through last year, eight of the starting 11 will be different. Right. So, you know, that's gone. We can't do anything about that. What we can control is what's coming our way, what's around the corner. Ideally, of course, you'd like to have a couple of home games in the first five to get some confidence maybe at home and get some wins on the board. But if we're going to be successful, we, the fixtures were going to be one way or the other. We're going to play the same away and same you know, yeah. at home, regardless of whatever order they, they came in. You know, ideally, it would have been nice to have had at least one home game in there, but that's not what we haven't got that. Yeah. So don't let's worry about what we can't do anything about. Let's control the controllables. Let's go and make a good account of the next five weeks. So a little bit about the, the league overall, looking at the season about to start. A lot of teams have had turnover. You know, Toronto lost Javinko and, mm -hmm. you know, Atlanta, obviously a new coach and, and uh, you know, Amarone going out and things yeah. like that. Um, are there any teams out there that you think are maybe uh, have the potential to be surprising in terms of we don't expect them to, to maybe be great, but they're going to they're going to surprise us? I think I'd be really surprised if Portland aren't really good again, because they've just added pieces to make them stronger in depth. I think a lot will depend on. The, the two big boys, you know, whether it be Blanco and Valeri. I think that um, it'll be interesting to see how the Columbus crew go with a new coach because they've been so ingrained in the way that Greg Berhalter made them train and work. Um, I think that the the Red Bulls will be what the Red Bulls are. Um, Atlanta will be interesting with a new coach, a non-Spanish-speaking coach. I know he speaks Spanish, but it's not the same, the mentality. Mm because they were very much ingrained in Tata. Mm -hmm. So that will be interesting how that develops. You know, Orlando have, I think, signed, what, seven, eight players. Mm -hmm. It'll be interesting to see what happens there. And then when I look at the West, it's, it's a strange one because, you know, what's going to happen at San Jose, new coach? We just spoke about Vancouver, who've, who've, who've now started maybe a new cycle there. Um, what, a, what a, the sound is going to be like without Dempsey and Ozzy. Right. You know, and... There are a lot of question marks for a lot of the Western teams, really. You know, how is Scalotto going to cope with their four DPs? Hmm. Oh, sorry, three. It will be three. With, we'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll figure it out, I'm sure. Will it be four or will it be three? We'll see. And see how they cope with their three DPs. And, uh, so, yeah, there's a lot of question marks. I think LAFC have slowly improved as well on the quiet and they've kept their big pieces. So, But there are, as you say, there, I think there are a lot of questions that we probably don't really know the answer to at this moment. And you may not very well know the answer to the question I'm about to ask you, Gaff. You, you mentioned Atlanta United under Frank De Boer. Mm. 
we saw previously how his sides played. The sides uh, such as Ajax and Inter Milan, how, how his sides played. It was a little bit different when he went to Crystal Palace because his hand was forced. Yeah. Do you expect it to be at Atlanta, the flying Dutch 4-3-3 or something a little more reserved? Well, I, I think we'll wait and see. I think that knowing Frank, he will certainly play wide guys with pace and they've got them. Mm-hmm. Um, you think Martinez will, will be almost hugging the touchline? No, I think Pity will play underneath, but I still think they'll have Vialba on one side. It'll be interesting. He played against Herediano the other night. He played mm-hmm. three at the back, which right. quite surprised me a little bit. The big one for me, and I, and I know one player doesn't make a team, but Miguel Almiron was such a difference maker for that group. We know that Joseph Martinez will always score goals. Always. Because he has a knack. He takes great positions up in the box. He's quick. He runs in behind people. But their game changer was always Miguel Almiron. He could get the ball off when he's, he's on off and run through your midfield and you go from having eight men behind the ball, nine men, to suddenly he's on your back two centre-backs with Joseph Martinez running ahead of him. So they will certainly miss him. Mm. We all know that Pete Martinez is a really good player, but they're going to miss um, Miguel Almiron. So that you know that will be interesting to see how that develops. Will it will it will it change the way that the the team sets up? Well, it remains to be seen. Let me ask you about the Western Conference, Sporting Kansas City. You mentioned them earlier mm. on as well. So much has been made about them not having a number nine, a, a proper goal scorer. But <laughs> with the players that they have at their disposal, I, I think it's safe to say unless they add now. Christian Namath will be the, the nine. At least he'll start yeah. the highest of, of the three. Johnny Russell, Daniel Shallowy, Jesse Fernandez on the bench as well. Yeah. If, if, if the combination of those players get 10 goals each, is that enough? Um, well, they came up a little bit short again this time, didn't they? And, I, yeah. you know, I, I, everybody knows what my feelings of Sporting Kansas are. I think they're the best-run franchise model maybe in the whole of the MLS because of what they are, where their market is. They understand what they are and what they want to become. I make no excuse that we should use that as a role model for us. They do what's right for them. They don't look what everybody else is doing. They sell their players, which are their favorite players, when it's right for them. That's not easy to do. You know, you look at the sort of stick that I got and some of the members of the staff here got for the Christian Ramirez thing. They've sold their best player two or three times because they know they have to replenish their group. You know, I've got an incredible amount of respect for the job that Peter Vermees does. Mm -hmm. They know exactly what they are. They know what they want to be. And they will be towards the top of the division again. I always think that if they had an outstanding number nine, they would be one other team to beat because the rest of the group know exactly what they're doing. They're all on the same on the same wavelength and that's the sort of role model for us that's the club that we have to try and become over the next few years speaking a little bit to that that area where sporting kansas city uh, fell short the playoff format is changing this is the last yeah. thing i just wanted to touch on but what are your thoughts on that on that change and how it's going to change how people play for the playoffs and how they play in the playoffs well that's all we can we have that problem <laughs> right <Yeah. laughs> um that's how we have that issue of deciding which way we want to go but, uh, no i i think you know, I remember a couple of years ago when I was back in the UK and I, I forgot the playoffs were on. It was over that longer period of time. Right. <laughs> you know, and anything that, when you're having two-week breaks and people forget, that's not going to be good. I think there should be incentive for teams that finish higher up the league. And if that means that you're at home for the whole way through the playoffs, then so be it. You know, you have 34 games to finish in a certain position. Now, if you get in on the last day of the season, you have to go on the road. That's for coming in on the last day of the season. 
So it is what it is. I think, you know, I'm not sure all the ownership groups will like it because hmm. obviously the expense of going on the road right. is, is great and then you don't get anything out of it. But I think it's one of them things that... Uh, you know, where you finish in the league should have some bearing when the playoffs come round. Yeah. Well, Adrian, thanks so much for coming on. This has been fantastic. I really appreciate it. Well, let's hope uh, we do another one of these later in the year. Saying what a great year it's been so far. So we'll, talk, we'll talk some more about the playoffs of that. When, 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 <laughs> yeah, we'll see where we are. Eh? Yeah, all right. Well, thanks all for right, joining geez. us for the 46 Sound of the Loons podcast. Minnesota United's next game, which I finally get to talk about this, is on Saturday, March 2nd at Vancouver Whitecaps at 5 p.m. You can watch that game on Fox Sports North and listen on Score North. Be sure to leave us a nice review on iTunes or at the very least a five-star rating and follow the team on Twitter at MNUFC. You can follow Cal at CalWilliams.com and me at Steve Venturis. And remember, there's only one person in this whole world like you and people can like you exactly as you are. <laughs>